listening to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch, episode 511. My name is Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Wayne, as we continue our discussion of the Fox Sci-Fi series, Fringe. So how are you doing this week? Uh, I'm good, you know. Getting, getting near the end? It is getting near the end, and um, especially when I do, like, AP classes. And, you know, once the kids take the AP test, it's tough to, like, really, like, all right, so what's... What are we doing now? <laughs> so um, I always save. Uh, we we do Slaughterhouse Five uh, at the end of the year, and uh, the kids tend to like that novel, so kind of leave that one for the end. It's a little bit more not as stuffy as some of the other ones. Fun to read and everything. Yeah, although actually the kids in the back row are probably watching Grey's Anatomy on there. Yeah, well, you know what they do now, and again, this might be just at our school, but like I have to tell kids to stop playing chess. Oh, okay. Well, there are worse things they could be doing. Exactly right. Like in in the pantheon of, of being distracted, there's worse things. But what pisses me off is then when those kids are like, wait, what did you just say? It's, well, they don't talk like that because obviously they're smart kids playing chess. But, you know, they, you know, you know how, like, you know, like sure. these kids, like they, they don't, like they have no concept of. All right, now I'm sounding old. I know. I'm going to stop myself right now. <laughs> Before I, right. I go on an right. old fart rant. Or anything, okay. so my bad. All right, well, I'll, I'll jump in and uh, remind everybody that we typically record either Monday or Tuesday, so any feedback needs to be in Sunday night, Eastern time. Audio feedback has a six-minute limit for now. Uh, want to thank our Patreon supporters. Uh, you know, it, it helps us pay the bills and there are bills associated with putting on a podcast, but we do have some news this week that I posted in the Facebook group, which you probably didn't see, but you may know this, that a sequel to the librarians franchise has been ordered by the CW. Oh, no, yeah. I saw you post that. I just didn't yeah. comment. I just like read it real yeah, quick. Yeah, sure. And the good thing is it appears Dean Devlin is on board as the executive producer and showrunner and it's titled the librarians, the next chapter. Now, unfortunately, and this comes as no surprise to anybody. I think it it's not due to premiere until 2024. According to the CW's press release, The new series centers on a librarian from the past who time-traveled to the present and now finds himself stuck here. When he returns to his castle, which is now a museum, he inadvertently releases magic across the continent. He's then given a new team to help him clean up the mess he made, forming a new team of librarians. So it sounds like it'll be good. It sounds like it will certainly you know, you know, give us the same flavor that we've seen from the series and the three movies that preceded it. Now, it does say he, so that tells us something. Mm-hmm. But when they say a librarian from the past, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be Flynn right. or you know, one of the other two males but, that yeah, were but on, on the, the other hand you you've i mean especially like with uh what they did with leverage you know they just they brought back well, i mean with leverage they brought back everyone except for you know the the people who are personas non grata in in the uh, world of entertainment but so you, you have to think that even if they're not like weekly stars that we're gonna see like we're gonna see christian kane at some point you know I, we're probably, I imagine we'll see Noah Wiley at some point. You would hope. So, you know, I guess we'll just have to uh, wait and see. Uh, I'm sure we'll get more information. Unfortunately, as I'm sure most of you guys are aware, there's a writer's strike going on at the moment in the U.S. And it has, you know, spread to other countries who are honoring uh, the strike here. So, yeah, hopefully it won't last as long as the the last one did, which I believe was two thousand seven, two thousand seven, two thousand eight, somewhere. Yeah, I think. Okay, so uh, anyway, I am watching this week season two of a Netflix series called Welcome to Eden, and it's a Spanish series. And I may have mentioned it back when I was watching it in season one. I don't remember. It gets incredibly low ratings on imdb which on the one hand surprises me but as i've said many times my wife and i watch a boatload of foreign language tv in fact most of the tv we watch is foreign language and i noticed that a lot of shows seem to get lower ratings than we feel they should so 
you know, whether it's, you know, the fact that Americans are, are so, you know, you know, I, I, yeah. I, I guess they enter things with blinders on that if I have to read subtitles, I'm not watching it. So I don't know. But anyway, it, it, it's a, basically it, it, you think it's a social experiment that takes place on this island and it, it quickly evolves into something else. So it, it's almost like social experiment meets environmental awareness meets hey you're now in a cult and you're not going anywhere so it stars uh amaya salmanca who is she's really well-known spanish actress of course you i'm sure don't know her but uh, she was in a show that we watched called grand hotel and then another one morocco in times of war which were both really outstanding but anyway season two is really gone off the rails in a good way i think so uh, hopefully we'll get a season three. Uh, my wife and I have an episode and a half still to watch. And then uh, I guess we'll see what happens there. Cool. All right. What are you watching? Well, um, I watched in this because like, you know, we've been trying to catch up on what we've been watching. And uh, so the one, the <clears throat> actually something I think you started, but maybe didn't get too deep into it was uh, the Sandman. Right. I saw the first two, I think. Yeah. And I, you know, after having watched the whole series, I get why maybe you would stop after two. I don't, and again, I, they're working with source material, and but it also, it's source material I haven't read. I am a little ashamed to say that, but it's true. I have not read the original graphic novels of Sandman, though they're supposed to be classics. So, you know, you imagine they, you know, they have to start it like it, you know, starts in, in the, the the graphic novel, which did not necessarily play out. And, and it's the main character basically is captured. And I, I know that's, it's not really a spoiler. I think it happens right at the very beginning of the episode. So I don't feel it's a spoiler. And he doesn't really speak for the first episode, like really at all, right? And you're just like, what the, what is this all about? And it, I don't know. I, if you, I think if you get past those that first episode, especially that it it does, you know, you you become invested in the character. Um, but that's you know that's a, a, a choice they made that I think was not great because you didn't get that early investment with the main character of the story and the characters that they are following are not very likable people, you know. So, so yeah, I, I, you know, I get that, but. Uh, watching it, it, it does. Uh, it was a very intriguing show. Uh, they did a lot of cool stuff. Uh, they, they, you know, end up really doing some pretty great character development. Uh, there's one episode that basically the whole thing takes place in one setting, much like actually this week's. Funny enough, this week's episode of Fringe. Um, and you know, I always kind of you know, whereas that might sound like Ugh, like that sounds like the worst thing ever. But like even like some of my favorite Doctor Who episodes are really contained in in one place, and the whole thing takes place in one place. So um, I don't know. Uh, they they definitely throughout the uh, well, there's like ten episodes I think, and I didn't know that there's like Netflix has eleven episodes, and after episode ten, I'm like, wow, that seems to be a lot of resolution for the second to the last episode, but the uh, the, the last episode was actually like two extras that they filmed and they, they put in as episode 11, but they really don't deal with the main story or anything. But, you know, even stuff like that was cool. They do a lot, they you know, play with different styles and, and types of film that, uh, I don't know, I really, I, I liked it. I, I, I went in unsure because I know you didn't like it very much, so I kind of would pass it by often, but I just decided to take a chance and, yeah, maybe maybe go back to it, Dave. I think you do. You uh, appreciate it. What what service is it on? Netflix. Oh, okay, okay. I believe that the character of Lucifer from you know the TV series originated in the graphic novel, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong about that, but I don't think I am. Sandman's Neil Gaiman, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I believe that that's that's correct. Okay. So, 
all right, well, that sounds cool. Maybe I will give it, you know, because I, I've, I've got another genre show that I think I mentioned before that I am kind of keeping, you know, tabs on an episode here and there. The the one that's got kind of the lost girl flavor, you know, where it's like, you know, these humans and I'm making air quotes are actually mythological creatures right. and, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. emerges there. So, so the, one other thing I just want to mention, because I, I, I am still watching, <clears throat> going back and watching, the original series of Star Trek, which, you know, obviously that's, that's a lot, that's a big project to take on. Um, maybe do like one every other night or so, but what kills me, what I find absolutely hilarious is they're on these, like this imaginative futuristic world of spaceships and aliens and all kinds of different creatures and all kinds of advanced technology but people still come by, hand Captain Kirk a clipboard, and he takes a pencil, and he writes stuff down on it and hands it back. I like it. <laughs> you know, it's like all this stuff that the, the creative team at Star Trek could imagine about the future, but what they could not imagine was a world that was without paper. I find that hilarious. Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> every, every time they do it, it, I still get a kick of it. I'm like halfway through season two, and even last night I was watching one. So when hand him a clipboard, he pulled out a pencil, wrote something down, handed it back. It's like, yep, they still got probably file cabinets somewhere on the Enterprise, you know? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right, you want to get to Fringe? Yeah, I guess we should. All right, season two, episode 12, What Lies Below, written by Jeff Vlaming, who has quite the impressive genre resume. I mean, he, he wrote for Xena Warrior Princess, The X-Files, Battlestar Galactica, the hundred and a show that was on Cinemax that I actually covered season one for Den of Geek called Outcast, which was kind of a horror sort of not not you know, I mean it, it certainly would kind of fall into the Sandman category, okay. but uh, directed by Darren Serafian, aired January twenty first, two thousand and ten. So why don't we start just a little bit about the meaning of the title? I mean, you know, literally what lies below is this virus lurking below the Earth's surface. Right. And then we have to think, all right, well, what other dangers are under there? And, and I've mentioned this before now and then. The first episode I ever saw of The X-Files when it was airing the first time was episode eight titled Ice. And, you know, Mulder and Scully had to go out, you know, to the, I don't know, North Pole or wherever I they were. I think I remember that one, actually. And it was a scientific team that was drilling and they brought up something yeah. that they shouldn't have. So I love that idea, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and also it, it's like reflects on this idea that this theme that we see throughout Fringe is just how you don't, just because you can do something doesn't mean you shouldn't. Like there's places maybe you shouldn't go. You know, yeah, and like sure. that far deep in the earth is clearly one of them. Yep. I used to have that as my signature in my email. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. Nice. Yeah. Um, and, and then, of course, the metaphorical meaning. And, and I think, you know, this is a standalone. And again, I apologize. If I forget whether it was Alan or Fred that mentions in in feedback section. The secret about Peter's origin again comes up. And while we had 98, 99% of the episode is standalone, that scene where Walter mentions it, and then at the very end where Astrid revisits it, yeah. suddenly you know changes the tenor of the meaning of the title and, and certainly the importance of the episode. Yeah, and good on Astrid to like hold off on that one, right? Because when he says... You know, I, I can't let Peter die again. You know, obviously her eyes get big, like, what? But she also knows, like, you know, Walter is right now working on, you know, finding a way to, to stop this virus. So maybe now isn't the time to ask what exactly he meant by that. Yeah, and, and certainly we can also consider the fact that she had to process what it is he said. Because, look, this is this is walter bishop so he says off the wall crazy things right. all the time sure. is this simply another one i have a number of quotes from this episode alone that we <laughs> right. attest but, to that 
but as you said, by the end, she's not going to let that go, that it, it, having had time now to process what she heard. And as you said, she, she didn't want to distract Walter from the task at hand, which was clearly more important. But he doesn't really want to uh, discuss this. And, and he tells her that in no uncertain terms. So that was great, I think, on both their parts. And, and I hesitate to use the phrase tour de force because the acting is great i think every episode sure. all all five of the main characters you know i'm i'm including broils here certainly when we see nina sharp she's always great but john noble in this episode is just fantastic i think yeah. and and you know the fact that this shows walter taking charge performing brilliantly without peter and I don't think we really overlook Peter's importance in Walter's, you know, this gradual transition back to the real world. But, you know, no Peter now. So he, he's got to deal with things and he just like immediately locked down the building and, and he just takes charge immediately and. There are so many good scenes, especially the one where he, you know, we don't see him actually get arrested, but we see when Broyles goes in there. It's so much better that way. Like you just walk in the tent and there he is sitting on the table, handcuffed. It's like perfect. Yeah. Um, And and I think the other thing for me that, that makes this standalone so great is the way it gradually builds the tension to the point where we get an infected Peter attacking attacking Olivia. And, of course, she eventually gets the fans on. Is there any way that Peter hurts her in that scene? I mean, obviously, he doesn't. And he, he certainly tries to kick the crap out of her. Yeah. But he could have killed her easily. But he doesn't. Yeah, right. So, so he gets a gun, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean. Especially after she kicked him in the nuts. I mean. That. You know what I was thinking? Like, all right. Now, do, Olivia, do you not know we're shipping you two? <laughs> Could you kick them somewhere else? Yeah. I mean, that's not going to, you know. Anyway. Um, so I, I, I guess we have to figure that even infected, he's still Peter Bishop. And this is still Olivia Dunham, and he's not going to do anything to hurt her too badly. Right. I mean, yeah, but he did you know, attack her. They did fight. Right. You know, like, you know. Right. And and that was just a great scene. And then he leaves, which gives her a chance to, you know, get get to the fans. And I love the fact that she, you know, okay, doesn't go after him. I mean, I think so many shows, and and, and you're always the one, and and I think rightly so to bring up when writing is weak in one of the shows that Mm -hmm. we're covering for the podcast. And, and I feel like there are so many instances where a character in her position would go after Peter. It's like, no, you're there to turn the ventilation system on. Right. That's the, and, and maybe I'm, you know, I don't know, maybe I've seen too many shows with bad writing, but we don't really (laughs) cover any shows with, Right, bad writing certainly not on a consistent basis, yeah. or we wouldn't cover exactly. Them. Right, you know, um, but uh, but yeah, yeah, no. I mean, this this show was very. I, I love the, the 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 tight control of time, space, and action that we we see in this one. You know, like it it it's almost like a Greek. It's not a tragedy, but it's almost kind of like that, where we just jump pretty much right into the action and boom through like what like it seemed like 20 minutes but it was like 40 minutes right 45 minutes or whatever um you know it tells a complete story and it just keeps moving that pace they keep going boom 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 uh really really well done with this episode couldn't be any bigger of a of a change from last week's that we talked about but yeah and and that's part of it like of course olivia's gonna stay on mission right like you know she's not gonna she she might want to save her friend and try to find some way you know to 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 help him, but she knows you know the best way she could do that is to get the air conditioning turned on, 
And, and you're right that there's obviously something in Peter because if the virus was in full control, I mean, this is a pretty, pretty knowledgeable virus, right? This virus has learned very quickly, even about modern day things that would not have existed back whenever it first came out. Well, I guess it just gives this, them this urge and the people think of, of things, how to get out themselves. Um, but, uh, you know, if, if were the virus really in control, you know, certainly it would, through Peter, would understand how big of a threat Olivia Dunham is, that leaving her alive is going to be bad for the virus ultimately. But so, well, like you said, I mean, clearly Peter still has some control there. Well, you know, and you wonder, because we've seen similar situations in other shows, not necessarily that it's a virus controlling the individual, but because of everything he's seen as part of the fringe division, you know, we don't know whether he's consciously trying to fight it. And, and even though he can't fight it completely and, and, and defeat it, perhaps he can slow things down to, to the point that he's not going to throw himself through a window that, you know, in his mind, you know, is he thinking like, all right, there's something controlling me. I've got to try to fight it, but I can't. And, you know, I, I you know, Olivia's got to going to try to stop me. So I can't let her, but I don't want to really hurt her. So I, I don't know. Again, I don't, I don't want to uh, belabor that point, but Astrid, is she incredibly brave and loyal yeah or incredibly foolish <laughs> for staying when she could leave right. well she i mean the rest of the team is there right she's not going to be the one and and i get that i totally get that like i think I, I would like to think i would make the same decision like you know if the rest of my team is in here putting their butts on the line well yeah no but they're out, out now olivia's already out right but not and, Peter, and not walter well well right um you know, so it was so, Olivia uh, at that point. Yeah, yeah, she was outside okay. because remember she had to come back in. So at, at right. that point, where right, right, where right. they're letting Astrid know or they're trying to let her know that the army's going to come in and kill everybody that's in the building. You need to, you and Walter need to get out now. Well, Walter's not going to go, and, and I guess we could argue that Walter can do his best work inside you know he's got he's got the Vandekamp as uh an easy test subject where he draws blood from him and that's how he you know finally figures out a cure so i guess i'm gonna go with incredibly brave and loyal yeah. rather than than foolish and 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 again she was just outstanding well she is every i don't even know why i bother saying it <laughs> they all were, <laughs> well they all i mean they, they they have an extremely strong cast right that, yeah that, yeah that but really the, pull the, stuff off. but but the loyalty that that they feel for each other and and you know we've talked before about how trust has to be earned and it has to be built over time. And, and granted, these people are thrown into some amazingly difficult situations. So perhaps we could argue that that you know this trust that has built up came pretty quickly, and, and will just even get stronger if that's even possible. So, uh, yeah, you know, I really hope. And of course, as we say all the time, I forget. You really would love to see the team in the next episode, kind of spend a couple minutes reflecting on what they just went through. They probably won't. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't gonna, remember. But, we're not going to uh, see that. But. Yeah, so... Uh, but yeah, yeah that, would open, be, that would be funny, like, if just at the beginning of every episode, just be like, holy shit, man, was that crazy or what? <laughs> yeah. like, um, that, now, the what, last little thing, and I, I meant to go back and look at it again, even though it's not important, but is Peter watching Forbidden Planet on the laptop when uh, Walter enters with the hazmat suit on. I don't even know if you noticed that he was sitting there. I guess it, it was like just killing time. And it looked like he was watching that movie from, I think it's like around 1956 forbidden planet. Um, I think Leslie Nielsen's in it, I believe. But anyway, not, not that important. I just thought no, that's, uh, that's a cool Easter egg though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, that opening scene, you, you know, you mentioned that the story just, you know, starts fast and, and gets even faster. The bike courier gets on the elevator with the dude and they're going to this uh, Vetus Petrol once there, the guy. And, and Fred brings up the stuff. I love it about the, the Dutch license. 
uh, yeah. you know, that the guy right. ends up having. But he collapses, expels well, this you know, With this Vandekamp guy, right from the start, I knew that there was something fishy going on. Uh, nice. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Um, wonder if they have that in the rest of the world. Certainly. I don't know. Uh, we, I guess maybe we should, I should explain. Yeah, Van de Kamp makes like fish fillets here in, yeah. in, in the States. Uh, I don't know. Right. If Frozen that you buy in the grocery store yeah. and, uh, yeah, makes cooking dinner easy. Um, and horrible. So- and horrible. All right. But, uh, you know, we've got Walter and Astrid saving the day and, and the great scene. And I think we know how this is going to turn out. You know, Walter's gone missing in the Science Center. We see him giving a lecture to, I don't know, what are they, eight, nine, maybe? Uh, they were very young. Yeah. And uh, he's starting to, you know, talk about some, you know, ocean voyage. I don't know, it was Magellan or. I mean, you were talking about Magellan, yeah. Yeah. And at the end, he th- you know he tells Astrid after he's been now banned that he thinks children are being coddled. And on the one hand, he's not wrong. On the other hand, he's you know it's it's he, teaching this age is not his forte. Right. Well, so, I mean, I mean the, the one line like the the girl says, "Oh, what happened to everyone else? They all died, young lady. Horrible and most likely painful deaths." You know, just yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah um, they start talking about like the monster under their bed it's like you know it's it's hilarious it's classic and the right and the looks you see from the children was just again was just wonderful but we learn early on um that there's a drill core sample in this guy's briefcase and and we go back to peter and his experience i don't want to say he was a con man you know, but we kind of get the sense that he lived his life uh, pretty fast and loose going from one project to another. And, you know, whether he came in with all this scientific knowledge, okay, we're going to build a pipeline here and you're going to do this and that. And, you know, all I need is $2 million to do this. He gets the money and then leaves. So we kind of get the sense that that was his life when Olivia finds him in the Middle East and, and right. you know, basically it blackmails him into to coming back with her and, and joining the team. So, you know, it, it, it's him that, that recognizes now he, he's, he's whatever he's got is somewhere else. Cause you don't bring that kind of stuff into a meeting knowing you could end up being arrested. So, you know, we, we don't see any of that. We just see them going to the trunk of the car, getting the briefcase drill course sample. This is our virus, the CD leader says and you know we've talked in a couple of instances i was so glad that this cdc leader you know he, he he was that perfect balance right he was a he was a dick but he really wasn't. he really wasn't because we get it and especially after yeah. what we've been through over you know like in the last you know two three years three four years three three years we'll just say three years you know like this stuff that when we watched this show back in 2009. We're just like, oh, yeah, I imagine that's how it would be. And then now we're like, oh, yeah. In fact, like the first thing, I'm like, the minute that guy spews up that blood, how is that place not locked down on quarantine right away? Like, you know, like the, even when Olivia walks in, she doesn't even have any kind of like protection, not even a mask, nothing. She just walks in, her and Peter walk in. Like into a place where a dude literally spewed blood out of his mouth into other people's faces. Right. Now, I guess the only argument, even 2010, as you said, I mean, certainly that wouldn't happen here in, in you know, the 2020s, how much information they had about what they were walking into. I mean, it was just that one male detective that was on the scene. So we don't really know what Olivia and Peter were told. Right. So... I guess in their defense, but, but uh, what they should have been told is this dude died and then just blood came spewing out of his face and his veins are all yeah. Yeah, right, 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 right. So, so uh, I don't know, maybe yeah. mask up before you go to the crime scene. Is what yeah, no kidding. Know? But I mean, like there, there's so, but it's, it's just not just, there's so much that, like, when people like start saying, well, he was closest and everything, you know, like kind of that stigma that uh, especially in the early days of uh, of the COVID, 
you know, that stigma of unclean. If, if you had COVID or if you were next to someone who had COVID or one of your, you know, if you were in close contact, right? If you're within six feet for more than five minutes or something like that, you know, all, I mean, we recognize that immediately people are starting like, and then we see the testing literally pulling out cotton swabs. Now, luckily they got to swab the inside of their cheek because anyone who's taking the COVID test, which I assume is probably most of the people I'm talking to right now, you know that we would probably take much more COVID tests if we didn't have to shove a cotton swab up our nose and make our brain bleed, you know? So, but you know, there's just so much. It's like this, this show just seemed like it was, and I don't know if I thought it was really good because I really liked it. And I, I don't, you know, did I like it a lot because it was so prescient that everything in there, it's just like, Oh my God, this is like causing like kind of like traumatic flashbacks for me here. Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely, you know, we'll talk about the grade in a little while. I mean, but I'm definitely in the A range. And, and you know, I thought this was just a really, really good standalone that, that as we said, threw out a, a couple of, you know, overarching mythology tidbits. But but the, the, the scene where Walter learns that the sample came from 10 miles down and then posits that it's, all right, 75,000 years old – so on the one hand, you might say, all right, how does he know that? But I think it's believable that that someone like Walter Bishop would would know that. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, that's a great yeah, thing yeah. about Walter. He can say something. We don't even question. Really. Yeah, Walter knows right. a lot of stuff. Yeah, Right. And then he says it was meant to be left alone. And he then says, keep the safe people safe. And, and again, it goes back to this is not the Walter Bishop we're used to seeing yes he's brilliant yes he saves the day on a week-to-week basis but he always has peter and astrid to a certain extent by his side right just in case you know something happens to you know i don't want to say upset him but certainly that could happen now granted he has astrid here but it's almost like he doesn't have her yeah because he's so focused you know, would he have been able to do it if she wasn't with him? We'll never know. Well, and also he has, was this Peter and Olivia who like go out and do stuff, you know, like, sure. like he says, Oh, I've discovered this, but we need to go to this place to yeah. find the bad guy or pick up this thing. And so then, yeah. you know, boom, 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 Olivia and Peter are off. So, um, as you said here, no net, just all totally on his own. Yep. And, and, you know, last week we, we talked about, you know, Walter telling Astrid, oh, no, they want us to go in and investigate when Peter's instruction was to leave, get right. the hell out of there. Right. And here Astrid hangs up on Olivia after she tells her the plan. You know, it's like, no, uh, I don't hear you. Uh, we're staying and then that's, of course, when, when Walter utters, you know, that I can't let Peter die again. Right. But he's going to, and there's nothing I can do about it. Despite him thinking that, he still stays focused, which is just incredible. I, I just, you know, this, this episode for me and, and watching w- the progress Walter has made, again, just incredible. I, I just really love that. Well, and, and, and of again, course, we, we saw, you know, like, I guess it was two weeks ago now, you know, we saw, like, got a glimpse of what, you know, Walter Bishop before brain removed was like and everything. And I know I've mentioned that about a bazillion times since, but we know back then he was seemed like a pretty calculating, cold-blooded dude, you know. Not saying he's cold-blooded, but he's a guy who can, you know, like, you know, figure things out and work the odds like really quickly. And even with those parts of his brain missing, you know, that aspect, that ability to focus and to be in control and in charge, we definitely still see that. Yeah. Now, obviously those of us that ship Olivia and Peter, and I think that's probably, probably most hundred percent of the people who <laughs> yeah. watch this show. So, right. So the, you know, the other story going on is of course, Olivia and Peter on the inside. And then later, because Olivia tests negative is able to go outside, but let's not forget Broyles because even though he doesn't get a ton of screen time, 
it, it's really critical. And, and again, when he's dealing with the guy from the CDC who, as you said, we understand where he's coming from, yet he's got a little bit of flexibility that he allows to, you know, to, to happen. And Broyles convincing him that Walter is a valuable resource. (laughs) You know, it's like, I know what it looks like. Just trust me. And the CDC dude does trust him. And, and, you know, later when he wants to send the army in and Broyles is like, you know, what if we pump, you know, fentanyl gas in there? Uh, He's like, all right, fine. You got 15 minutes. Well, you know, too often in shows like this, right? The the CDC guy or any, of his ilk would be presented as a guy who just has his own agenda and things like that. And that's what I think, again, the writing in this one is so good because they give that nuance to this guy that he's, he doesn't want to actually go in and kill the people. Whereas most of the time, a character like that in a TV show, you, you feel like he's a little jazz to actually go in yeah, there exactly. and kill everyone. But this guy is definitely not right. He's like, I have to do this. Because if I don't, the world will end very quickly and horribly. Um, so this is what we have to do to, to keep the world safe. I don't like it, but that that's, that's what I see as the only option. Then someone gives him another option. He's right away like, okay, let's try that. Because, again, I don't really want to go in there and have to kill a bunch of people. Yeah, I mean, he mentions level six, and you know his number two looks at him like, Level six. six. Whoa. Hey. All right, boss. Wait a second. Right. So I'll tell you, nobody better say level six around me now. That's for for darn sure. But we also get a great scene with Peter and Olivia when it's clear that these people, you know, they're calling their loved ones. So on the one hand, are they just calling them to letting, let them know I'll be late or are they making that call? that right i might not see you again yeah because we know that might be the call you should be making and that's kind of what peter's saying to olivia because of course the two of them do understand the gravity of the situation and he says well are, you know you're going to call rachel and she just totally blows him off yeah. And and goes on. And the look on his face is like I think he even shakes his head a little bit. It's like almost like what is wrong with you? Now, yeah. again, he he kind of gives her an out where or, or I can actually can't remember whether it's her that says it. It's like I think it is her. It's like, well, look, I didn't want to worry her if it was going to be nothing. She's still getting over me getting shot. And it's like, yeah, okay. That line where Peter says, and I don't have the exact line written down. So I thought that was the point of having people in your life, to have people to talk to when you're scared. Yeah. Which and I think that's not necessarily the point of having people in your life, but it is you know, a nice you know, benefit of it. Sure. And, and we know what he means. Yeah. And, and, and we know that he knows Olivia, I mean, she's that loner type i mean it's almost like i don't want to say she would prefer to work alone because i don't think that's true but i think she feels in so many situations that i know what the right thing to do is just let me go do it sometimes she's right sometimes she's not and and of course that's why it's great to be part of a team certainly like this but but I, I just really liked that scene. I mean, it was, you know, do we want to say they had a moment? Hell yes, they had a moment. And and was it a romantic moment? Well, I guess it depends on, you know, how you look at it. Right. I mean, on, on you know, literally, no. But what lies below that moment? Oh, yeah, I see what you're go. doing there. All right. Yeah, right. So, uh, <laughs> you know, even though it was brief, you know, it does get revisited at the end. Right. So, uh um, you know, that was cool. Um, you know, I like that receptionist. He even I, I felt so bad for her when she goes, she's the one that ran through the window, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Because she seemed to try to, you know, keep her cool at the beginning of the situation. And I guess on the one hand, look, I know when I, I 
got my first teaching job way back when my cooperating teacher told me look the people that are important that you want to make friends with the head custodian cafeteria manager and the secretaries in the front office yeah that's solid advice right you know administrators whatever you know but (laughs) these are the people that will really help you yeah you know when you need and and you you get the sense that that you know this receptionist i mean she knows everything that's going on uh you know she's it's almost like she's more than a receptionist and and she kind of takes charge there and and is you know at, at least at the beginning until she goes crashing through the window right um which was uh, yeah that was pretty cool from a action well, sequence and, right and that's also like that fringe moment right there's always that moment where fringe gets like really weird now again you might say that that happened the minute the old guy died and then spit out blood all over everyone but i think the when the the secretary um you know well i guess a little bit with mike trying to get up then the secretary literally jumping out of a window to her death like at that point we're like holy cow like oh my god this is this is crazy this is that's when you say this episode is officially crazy we have reached fringe threshold. Now, this episode aired in 2010. In 2023, given the opiate problems that we're certainly having here in the States, and I would suspect a lot of countries around sure. the world have have problems as well, fentanyl being you know, one of the biggest offenders. You know, what, I guess what I'm getting at is, do you think in 2023 they would use fentanyl gas as part of the storyline because fentanyl is such, you know, has just ruined so many people's lives and, and things like that. Or am I reading too much into it? Well, right. And I actually kind of, in my notes, I was like, okay, back then, you know, was fentanyl like a thing, right? Yeah, right. Um, I, I, I I don't I don't think it was. It certainly wasn't the news. I mean, obviously it was yeah. a thing, as in it was getting cut into heroin and everything. But was it a thing in the news? Like I don't really think so. Probably the first time I saw this episode, I had no idea what they meant when they said fentanyl. Right. But now right. when they say it, you're absolutely right. Like that is like, whoa! Like fentanyl broils, really, bro? Like, come on, man. Yeah. So you know? uh, and I think it says uh, as Alan said, right? It was. You know, 2002 when the the Russians pumped. Yeah. You know, right. And some of those people died, as he pointed out. Yeah. Or pointed. A lot yeah, of people so, died. Yeah. 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 So, um, and then we get to that final scene where Peter apologizes to Livia. You weren't yourself, she tells him. Lucky for me that you were. Oh, just you know, just a great little yeah. exchange that that again is so meaningful. And then, of course, the outside Astrid confronts Walter about what he said. Some things are meant to be left alone. And, of course, that ties into the virus that that was at the center of this Mm -hmm. episode. But, of course, we know that's not what he's talking about now. And and, and she's clearly troubled by his answer. So how can the next – and I I didn't – I mean, the title of the next episode is something about the bishops. I haven't – you know, in in our sign off, I have the title of the next episode in okay. there because you know, and, and I think Fred's right. He mentions about using the actual episode title in his feedback rather than the episode number, and you know, we don't want to go down that road again about the numbering system. Yeah. Um, but how how can they not kind of address this issue at the beginning of the next episode, even if it's Astrid Peter? What did he mean? So, yeah. I mean, you got to, okay, what is she thinking? It, was it a situation where Peter, and, and we know this is possible, Peter died and the paramedics brought him back to life? You know, that, well, he was dead well, for two that was minutes. probably be what Astrid would assume. I, 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 you know, I can't remember. Where is Astrid, is she in on knowledge about the, alternate universe right i think she must be right yeah how can she right they why would they keep it from her so yeah so for astrid she's be like okay 
like, all right, so it's possible that Peter could die, and then there's another Peter here, you know, like, um, but most people would assume, as you just said, that something had happened, he, quote, unquote, died, and then was, like, somehow resuscitated or something. All right, what else do you want to talk about? Yeah, I, I don't know. I think we pretty much got everything that I have in in my notes uh, that, that happened. You know, like, I, I didn't, well, the one thing is, I, I don't know if I loved, like, Peter being kind of, like, the bad guy, right? Like, even though we know he was, like, infected and it wasn't really him, but still, to see Peter attacking Olivia and getting in a fight with her and then Olivia kicking him in the nuts and stuff... Him pulling a gun on her, you know, and you see that that moment when she's got the gun on Peter, you just like, she's definitely not going to shoot, and he knows that, right? That's why he's not afraid of her with the gun. It's like you're not going to use that. Come on. Well, you start thinking, is she going to shoot him in the arm? Right. That's what I think. Shoot him in the leg. Give him like you know, like or the arm or the shoulder or somewhere that. You know, he won't die from it, but it'll, you know, like he he won't attack you, and maybe he'll he'll chill out a little bit. Uh, anyway, uh, but, but yeah, but that was a great scene because we saw Broyles. I think it was Peter that shot Broyles in the arm, and so you know we've certainly seen somebody get shot before. Sure. Olivia's was, was shot at one time, so we're thinking she might do that. Why doesn't she? Well, it's Peter Bishop. So yeah. I guess she's, right. you know, just as there was like something inside Peter that wouldn't let him really, you know, go after her. Olivia hundred percent. Yeah. Something inside Olivia that's going to prevent her from, you know, shooting Peter when she yep. you know, probably should have. Okay. All right. Anything else? I think that's probably about it. Except for, yeah, well, I'll talk about what in the, um, feedback. Feedback. Okay. Yeah. All right, well, why don't we get to listener feedback, and we will hear first from Alan in jolly old England. Hello to everyone at Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. This is Alan from England with feedback mostly about a fringe episode, What Lies Below. A bit about what I'm watching. I just watched the entire Foundation first season this week. I enjoyed it, although it was like the most amazing jazz riff on the original and it was quite entertaining to see how far it could diverge from the novels and still actually be recognizably foundation. I love the inclusion of Demersal, which was a real shout out to some of Asimov's other books. I then went to find your podcast, which I for some reason I thought was only about one episode, and then all ten episodes were there, so I then binge listened to that as well. I think you all picked up on the link between Gale and Salvor about halfway through the season. I did not see that coming at all. Even after watching Dark and being primed that very often somebody's going to turn out to be somebody else's mother and or daughter, I still didn't see it coming. Uh, Thanks to feedback in the most recent podcast, I'm now excited, looking forward to how Netflix does Three Body Problem, which I thought was just about the best sci-fi book I ever read, although some of the concepts are pretty mind-bending. You can kind of feel yourself getting smarter as you read the book. How that's going to be filmed, I really don't know. It's a bit foundation-like in that there are events and predictions which often take a very long time to come to fruition. So, to Fringe, Season 2, Episode 13, What Lies Below. Similar title to that movie, What Lies Beneath, and also a similar ambiguity. What is it that lies or exists below the surface? And then what are lies or untruths hidden below? The opening sequence where the cyclist goes into the building with one trouser leg rolled up reminds me when I used to cycle to work sometimes. And later in the day, colleagues would ask me if I'd cycled in and I'd be puzzled as to how they knew until I looked down at my trouser leg, of course. That guy in the elevator gave me and probably everyone else a massive COVID reminder. But of course, COVID was more silent and invisible and often took weeks to fully develop and hence was actually more deadly Whereas this one, uh, you would see the effects very quickly. Then you just know when Walter announces he's a museum season pass holder that he's about to get that revoked. 
A few minutes later at the building, he's changed quickly from the distracted, benevolent Walter to full-on lockdown Walter when he shuts the door on that cyclist and hence takes the first action in stopping the spread and sees the implications of that, seeing that Peter and Olivia are inside. I think that just getting everyone as far away from everyone else as possible would have been better in the office rather than splitting them into groups. And then we have the first lie where that Ames character denies who is expecting uh, Vandenkamp. It seems odd at first that Olivia doesn't want to call her sister, but then Peter notes how she is trying to protect her. Is that a lie by omission? The power of compulsion in the virus is clear when it makes that woman exit the building from a few floors up. Then it was found that that drill core sample was from something that lies below the surface, about 10 miles below. So that's obviously the key to the title. Those uh, CDC guys had obviously watched The Last of Us, but 15 years before it aired, in preparing to wipe out the building to protect the outside world. They were pretty full on. I had to do a mini rewatch within the rewatch to see Peter's sleight of hand with that sample so we know the virus is already working on him to try and get outside but then he's foiled at the last moment. That virus is too hasty to spread. But it's quite disturbing how quickly his behaviour is affected. We haven't seen Peter or any other main characters acting that way before. Walter comes up with a cure, as usual, but they need time and Broyles suggests fentanyl gas. Now that made me think of the real-life 2002 Moscow theatre siege, where a concentrated kind of fentanyl was used to knock out the terrorists and pretty much all the people in the audience. But it was so strong it actually killed many of the terrorists and indeed the hostages. So you have to be pretty desperate to try that approach again. You could say in both situations it's examining that Vulcan saying, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few or the one. Uh, speaking of the one, Astrid's recollection of Walter's statement, I can't let Peter die again, makes this more than just a monster of the week and links into the overarching themes. That's all from me. Take care. Alan from England. Alan, glad you binged our foundation discussions. And I don't know if we've talked about it, but I certainly suspect we'll cover season two as well. I think we enjoyed season one. Yeah. If I recall yeah, correctly. I liked it a lot, yeah. Um, I think they might even have a release date. I'll have to look that up. I feel like I've run across that, that maybe it's, I want to say August, maybe. But yeah, I'll look that up and try to report back next podcast. I like the allusion to The Last of Us, even though, I, as I've said, I didn't really care for the series. You, you, you watched the whole thing. Yeah. Right? I know. You didn't like it? I watched the first two. Yeah, and, you don't like really like the zombie stuff. Well, you know, and I didn't like either of the two main characters and i know you know again what? I, I i know i know we, we, we talked you, you chastised me before on this probably more than just, once but uh, i forgot about it though so now i'm disappointed all over again <laughs> uh, anything else about alan's feedback oh well yeah like I, I like how he brought out how quickly the disease spread which actually was too quickly right like the reason it, it wasn't able to get out was because it manifested itself too quickly after people were infected. You know, unlike that was why COVID was so dangerous because you were walking around with that for like a week. You didn't even know it. You felt fine. There were no problems. All of a sudden you got it. And in the meantime, how many people did you infect when you were out walking around and where yeah. you're from with definitely no mask on there in Carroll County where there was no COVID yeah, you know, so so but but this one, um and again this is stuff like would I have even thought about this in two thousand ten? I I doubt it. But now, like there there's so much stuff like you know, like right away, like why are Olivia Pierre walking in there? Like uh, you know, and, and the fact that yeah, this you know, if if this uh disease had just I mean, think about how close um what was it, Mike, the 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 bike messenger? Yeah, uh, you know how close he got to to getting out. If you know if that disease had just waited another, you know, maybe two minutes, he gets out, and then boom, that's it, humanity, right? 
Yeah, sure. Right. We saw the model on the laptop. Yeah. So, which was powerful. No question. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, you saw that. You're like, okay, all right. Maybe you you might have to kill everyone in there. Right. We understand (laughs) level six. Yeah. Yeah, You know, I mentioned foundation. Like, you know, I mean, obviously that's great that that you watch that love that show. You know, it's so funny because I I think we probably mentioned about a thousand times when we were talking about foundation was just really the books are kind of like you would never even think of making a TV show that like faithfully followed the books. Right. Cause while I love the books, there's like zero action. It's like people talking and philosophizing and things like that. It would be awful television. So, you know, the jazz riffing that they have to do, it's obviously they have to do it, but it's uh, I, th- I think it's, it's, you know, what we often say is like, I can enjoy the book as, as it is, as, you know, as a format. Um, and then the show, I can also enjoy that as well. I don't necessarily have to necessarily compare the, the one to the other, and especially with when you're talking about Brave New World. As difficult as that was at times, we really tried to separate, you know, the book from, from the show uh, because they are two different things. Yeah. yeah, and you judge each as a creative entity, you know, in isolation. Sure, we, we you know, talk about you know, well, this is the way they did that in the book as opposed to, and that's fine. It, but to me, it, and I know this is what you're saying, it doesn't take anything away from the TV series. So right. you know, it's really based on foundation or influenced by, you know, however they want to word it. But uh, anyway, all right, you want to hear what Fred's got? Yeah, let's hear it. All right. Hello, Dave and Wayne and all listeners to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for Fringe. Season 2, episode 13, a.k.a. episode 12. I will go for episode 13 because that is the episode number on IMDb and at, well, let's say, less official places. And the best thing to do is leaving the numbering behind. The episode is called What Lies Below. Last week I didn't give feedback for Chahari Window, episode 12, a.k.a. episode 11, I did give feedback for the episode 11, or the other episode 11, Unearthed, and that was actually an episode in which Charlie suddenly appeared, and I was going, what? What did I miss? But that was, of course, and the people who saw the Facebook page know by now, it was actually a season one standalone episode, which Fox placed as episode 11 in season two. Well, we know from Firefly that Fox has a habit of mixing up orders of episodes. So my audio feedback last week was for the first three minutes on other topics and then I did the feedback for Unearthed. But Dave was so nice to take that part out because that feedback, of course, was not fitting for the Johari window episode. I did place my audio feedback on Unearthed, though, on the Facebook page. So if people watch that episode 11, Unearthed, they can listen to at least my feedback. Not Dave and Wayne's, but mine. And since I talked last week about how harsh grader I am, I gave that episode actually a A-. minus. Whereas on the Facebook page it was stated that uh, it's universally considered as one of the worst episodes in the series. Well... I don't agree. So last week I was just talking about grading inflation and about imposters. And I really was amazed that you also knew that series, Dave, and that you enjoyed it so much. Well, I do. It's actually so good that I'm kind of binging it. So every day one episode or something like that. That is what I call binging. And I'm even reluctant with that, because if a series is so good, I sometimes don't want to squander it by just watching, watching. I want to keep the good episodes. So sometimes I don't watch, because it's too good. Shortly coming back to last week's podcast, I said that in Imposters, Enbar Levy is playing the lead role, and I refer to her as Maria in Lucifer. Of course you're right, Dave. She was Ave in Lucifer. And Wayne, don't be ashamed not knowing what Celsius feels like. I have the same thing in Fahrenheit. So it's now at our place 20 to 22 degrees Celsius, which would be 68 till 72 Fahrenheit. But in the night, it's still something like 9, 
which is 48 Fahrenheit. Okay, first shortly coming back to the episode I missed, the Jahari window. You graded it as a B and a B minus and were even considering a C plus. Well, that's very low. That's about a four, according to my new system of Maryland high school gradings. But when you still gave it a B minus, which would be a five and it which would be insufficient. Well, I would give it the same grade, I think. In that sense, the Unearthed episode was much better, actually. How about one of the worst episodes? You were also talking about Laura Manel, Dave, who you know from Van Helsing and The Man in the High Castle. Well, I know her from the series, sadly cancelled, Alphas. Okay, answering your question about last week's episode about the transmission of this so-called genetic disease to the children in that village... It's, of course, all rubbish in the sense of that electromagnetic radiation, so that's gamma, ultraviolet, X-ray, etc., can cause mutations. But since these people in this village look more or less the same, it's quite unlikely that they got all the same mutation just by the radiation. I mean, you have 22,000 genes, so what is the probability you all get the same kind of mutation or a mutation in the same gene? And, well, if that's true, you could pass it on, if it's not only in your body cells, but also in your gametes, so egg cells and sperm cells. Well, it's all, uh, yeah, you're right, Wayne, not very plausible. Okay, one minute left for this week's episode. What lies below? Okay, in that one minute I cannot say much about the episode because I need my time for the driver's license and the Dutch guy. But in general I must say everything with infection and spreading things since COVID is always a little bit more fearful for me. The driver's license that that guy has is issued in 2002 in the city of Rotterdam, the city where I live. If you look at his address, it of course doesn't exist. The postal code does not exist in the Netherlands and the street name does exist but that is in a town about 17-18 miles north of Rotterdam. His first name is not typically Dutch but it does occur in Hindu background and he didn't look very uh, Hindu-like. The driver's license looks quite genuine though. It even says the signature of the director of the RDW and that's indeed the Dutch department for issuing driver's licenses and registration licenses for cars. Okay, that must be all. Greetings, all the best, Fred from the Netherlands. Fred, interesting to hear that you're not the only one who liked Unearthed. I know I'm the one that, that brought up the fact that it's generally disliked and i and i still believe that but it, it just seems as if you know in, in this iteration of you know our experience going back to season two of fringe that a number of our listeners have pointed out that well, i like that episode it wasn't you know mm. terrible the way you say so you know i wonder because I, i've certainly seen it fred and was underwhelmed but i wonder personally whether the fact that fox aired it out of sequence absolutely uh, and certainly f i have as as i know you do and so many of the listeners this relationship with fox <laughs> and their mistakes in airing shows out of the correct order so so maybe that has something to do with it for me fred i, I i'm not I, sure i think it 100 percent does because even has um, as HBO, should we do we call it just Max now? Not yet, right? I it's mean, tomorrow, I, right? So I don't know, I whatever. So. The, uh, the the subscription service that I'm probably going to be canceling soon, anyway. At least until the next Game of Thrones thing comes out. You know, they have it as like the last episode in season one, which is still post out of order. Yeah, it's still out of order and still really, right? Like, when did Charlie get capped? Uh, I mean, oh, no, no, he, he got killed at the end of season one, right? Yeah. Right, so he was, so even then, like, you see Charlie, like, wait, what? You know, so it's just, like, I don't know. Like, the, yeah. the I, I, I can't, to, to think that they actually, someone said, you know, this is a really good idea to 
plop this episode into the middle of season two. Like, I don't know, man. I mean, it's my understanding, and who, you know, I, I wouldn't say we'll never learn the truth. I mean, obviously, somebody knows the truth, but my understanding is that somehow the file or however they would you know get that episode on the air somehow got misplaced and then it, they forgot about it or like, which seems incredible to, be, uh, uh, yeah. to, to, to refer back to what i used to say in this show back in the day really yeah, yeah. really <laughs> so like i think right, they what probably just saw it as a crap episode like all right let's and then then suddenly they had like Oh, we were supposed to show something this week, and oh. now we canceled that show, or this live event isn't going off like we thought it would. So, what do we do? Oh, let's grab that episode of Fringe we air quotes lost, and yeah. uh, you know, let's put it in there. So, oh, now Fred brings up the Fahrenheit Celsius thing. Uh, Fred, I do know that paper burns at 451 degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah, I know that. Other yeah. than that, I don't know anything. Uh, well, water boils. Yeah, at, 100 degrees centigrade. Yeah, right. 100 degrees, and was it 212 Fahrenheit? And then yeah, I think so. Freezing point is zero degrees centigrade and 32 yeah. degrees Fahrenheit because that's the magic number all teachers look at in the winter. Yeah. Yep. So. <laughs> all right. What else about Fred's? I think that's, that's, all I think that's all I got there. Okay, cool. All right, Alan, Fred, thank you guys. Um it's grade time. I'll let you go first. I gave it an A. Okay. I'm good with that. I, I, you know, at the lowest, I was thinking A minus, but there's just so much in this that, and again, as we've said many times, after we talk about it for an hour or so, we, we generally, you know, go higher in our, right. you know, initial grade. So yeah, I'm very, unless excited. I feel like I'm really good at getting you to, if I didn't like an episode, I can get you to like, drop your grade during the course of the the episode i think okay i I feel like i've gotten pretty pretty adept at that okay (laughs) (laughs) all right so we'll go with the a there uh any final thoughts no my my brain is actually completely empty right now so okay all right well hopefully you got one more in there uh that will do (laughs) it for this episode of sci-fi tv rewatch thank you for joining us Love to hear what you think about Fringe, any of the other shows that we've been talking about week to week. Somebody brought up the peripheral a few weeks ago. Check out the Facebook group if you haven't already. Sci-Fi TV Rewatch at gmail.com is the way you can reach us. We'll be back next week to talk about Season 2, Episode 13 of the Fox series Fringe, and this one's titled The Bishop Revival. But until then... You know, as I said to my wife, during the uh, senior award ceremony the other night that lasted two and a half hours. I would say, I know what I did breaks a dozen federal laws, but I'd rather go to prison than die here.